0: Sunday evening ladies and gentlemen I hope everybody's been enjoying their weekend so far I hope you were being responsible with your with your activities this weekend and uh if you get a little bit of a hangover still from the weekend's festivities as we are ending uh pretty much the summer as it is here in Jersey we are pretty much hitting uh the last weekend of the summer next weekend so I know everybody's gonna be out and about gallivanting on Labor Day weekend acting a damn fool uh, for the last legitimate weekend of the summer before all the school openings began and all that nonsense. But anyway, this is episode 99 and a half of the Young Lads Perspective. We'll definitely be talking about NXT UK today and what I thought was a solid episode before the go-home show this coming Wednesday night or afternoon, depending on what time you actually check out the episode, whether it be at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or you watch it at a later date. But let's get into a little bit of news, shall we? Starting off, for those of you who are living in the San Jose area, New Japan Pro Wrestling will be returning to your area this coming November. This is from WrestlingInc.com, written by Joshua Gagnon new japan pro wrestling super j cup night two took place last night and i have not even taken a look at this tournament which kind of booms me out because i love me some junior heavyweights wrestling and there are a lot of guys in this tournament that i'm really really interested in guys like taiji ishimori will Ospreay, and amazing red from what i saw I had a really dope quarterfinal matchup um tjp is in this tournament bushi dragon lee jonathan gresham uh Rocky Romero, yeah, it looks like a decent tournament, anyway, NGPW Super J Cup Night 2 took place last night in San Francisco, California, the finals will go down later tonight at Walter Pyramid in Long Beach, California, during the show it was announced that NGPW will be coming to the San Jose Civic Center in San Jose, California on Saturday, November 9th, tickets for New Japan Showdown. Will go on sale Friday, September 13th. Before that event, NGPW will be touring the East Coast on September 27th, Lowell, Massachusetts, September 28th in New York City, which I believe, um, I forget, the, oh, see, I'm going to be bummed out, because I usually know this referee's name, but one of the referees of New Japan is actually having their last ever event as a referee in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City, which is basically one of the big I guess this is like like the big uh, event, like night during this particular weekend from September 27th to the 29th. Um, September 27th, if you're in Lowell, Massachusetts, they will be coming in your area. If you're going to be in the Hammerstein Ballroom, September 28th in New York City, they this would be a definite ticket to snag up. And if you're in philly on september 29th and gbw will be coming your way as well so for people in san jose california save the date saturday november 9th new japan showdown will be going down and tickets will be on sale friday september 13th kane velasquez former ufc heavyweight champion of the world reportedly has an informal meeting with new japan pro wrestling officials also written by joshua game on a couple days ago king velasquez attended last night's new japan pro wrestling super jacob in san francisco and had an informal meeting with new japan pro wrestling officials according to espn's mark raymondi hopefully i said that right and i apologize if i butchered the fuck out of your name Quote, Ken Velasquez is at New, the New Japan Super J-Cup to the show tonight in San Francisco. you tweeted out, Sources said he'll be having an informal meeting with New Japan Pro wrestling officials. Velasquez has signed on for two more Lucha Libre A matches, but several other wrestling promotions have interest per sources. and quote. A fan in attendance also got a uh, shot to Velasquez checking out the action. The former two-time UFC heavyweight champion made his pro wrestling debut earlier this month at Triple, L, Triple Mania 27. He teamed up with Cody Rhodes and Psycho Clown in a winning effort against Tejano Jr., Torres, and Killer Cross. Velazquez will be returning into the ring this fall when Triple L comes to Madison Square Garden's Lulu Theater on September 15th. The next scheduled appearance will be on October 13th at The Forum in Inglewood, California. Velazquez is still on the UFC roster and plans to fight again in the future. His current contract allows him to do pro wrestling as well. And there's a couple of tweets from uh, of what I pretty much talked about earlier, and a couple of pictures of Velazquez at the show. Now, this is pretty interesting. Um, Kenny Velazquez, when, we fir- when I first heard about him, wanting to get into professional wrestling and him wanting to be at uh, doing AAA shows. Uh, I was a bit concerned because there's a lot of people uh, from other... I mean, my concern is always talent coming from other sports realms. Yes, they are athletic and all that stuff, but it doesn't always translate into uh, looking good in the ring to be truthfully honest. And... Surprising, and, and very surprisingly, Kay Velasquez actually shot a lot of people during his matchup. I remember seeing a video on Twitter um, of him in his six-man tag team matchup again with um, Cody Rhodes and uh, Psycho Clown um, hitting a Hurricane runner of all things. Irish from up the ropes. Dude came back. Dude hit, and Velasquez hit a clean Hurricane runner. I was, don't get me wrong. We see plenty of big men do some incredible shit, and Cain Velasquez, an MMA fighter, hit a clean Hurricane Rana on one of his opponents. I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly which one it was, but he nailed that Hurricane Rana. He had a mask on, looked pretty good doing it too. A lot of people were very impressed by this, and. It was really interesting to see I was thinking like man hey maybe you know he's got a future in this he's got a couple more dates so he's couple more chances to impress the crowd in triple a of course like I said he'll be in um New York on September 15th and then he'll be in Englewood on October 13th the fact that he's going to be doing both um really shows that um his dedication to the craft, he wasn't just a one-and-done guy he wants to do a couple more appearances with this and the fact that the UFC is actually allowing him to actually do these events um, really shows their trust in Velazquez to go, uh venture out in his endeavors and, and pursue other pers- uh, other things, you know, um Vince McMahon could take a, pay- a fucking page from that when, uh, he fucked over uh, Dolph Ziggler in that handshake agreement um, not allowing him to, uh Pursue other projects even though they agreed to it back in April, and then come the Monday Raw Night Raw after SummerSlam pretty much Nick, uh, backs out of the deal and says, uh, no, no, Pimpin, um, I'm gonna have you job to Roman Reigns. So that's the old deal with that. And bees what it be. This is, this article kind of made me laugh a little bit. Um, just for a simple fact that it's Nikki Bella. <laughs> and the title of it was hilarious. Um, and we'll, we're going to learn something today. We're going we're to learn a little something. Uh, put your thinking caps on. Get your crayons out. We're going to learn something today, ladies and gentlemen. From Mandatory.com, WrestleZone, and Nikki Bella calls John Cena her soulmate, claims she is still processing... Split, <laughs> ah, written by John Clark. This actually came out this afternoon. Nikki Bella brought up John Cena and their relationship again on the latest episode of the Bella Podcast. Bella claimed she was very unhappy at the end of her, the relationship and often asked herself why she was putting herself through this. "Quote: I just towards the end started to become a miserable person. I was very, very unhappy." I would ask myself questions every day?" and quote. She often questioned everything because she thought she had everything needed in life. Bella said, quote, I live in these gorgeous homes. I have these gorgeous things. I would understand that when you would look at my life, it was like, how is, how is this girl becoming so unhappy? And honestly, it's still questions I ask myself today. Like, I'm still trying to get over my breakup. I had unconditional love for him. We were such a great couple, but our lives didn't work. Bella said that she considers John Cena a soulmate of hers. She also considers her new boyfriend Artem, oh god, I'm gonna really butcher this shit, Shigvintsev, to be a soulmate. Nikki Bella ended the conversation by saying, "Quote: Sometimes people, when they get into marriage, they don't realize marriage is just beyond loving someone. You are joining a life together. It's a partnership. It's so many things that are that those are things." unfortunately, we have to look at it and I look at marriage as being different than what John and I were gonna have, end quote. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at this okay, baby girl Miss Bella, Nikki, whatever the fuck you want me to call you I don't, really don't give a shit um Nikki Bella discusses the desire to wrestle Becky Lynch, Nick's post wrestle me, get the fuck out of here, anyo Alright, so, you have a boyfriend, who you call a soulmate. You following? Okay. But to this day, to this very day, and I believe they've been broken up for literally almost a year, or some shit like that, John Cena, in her mind, is still a soulmate. I'ma gonna, I'm gonna let y'all let y'all uh, fit, let y'all formulate that in your head for a minute and try to figure that out because it's a head scratcher to me as well. This is how it goes down to mine. I guarantee from here on out I don't know how many boyfriends Nikki Bell's gonna have last. That's neither here nor there. We know she's got big titties and beats whatever bees. This Artem dude. I guarantee you, she'll never say it out loud, but I guarantee you, she is going to compare this Artem cat to John Cena. John Cena is pretty much, in her mind, the best she will ever be able to get. Have y'all seen? Have you seen this motherfucker's house? Have you seen John Cena's house? I would, I would advise you to Google that shit. I don't know if it's still the one in Tampa, Florida, but that. um, Let's put it this way: I live in an apartment complex, and if I had to guess how big this motherfucker's house was, I'd say from where I'm sitting right in this very moment, and you go back until you get to the wall. There, it's about as big as that. It's a big motherfucking house. I think it's like it was like five million dollars or some shit. Mm-hmm. That is that is without a doubt. John Cena is without a doubt, one hundred percent, the best Nikki Bella is ever going to get. In the in the in the Redfield community, we consider her an alpha widow. pretty much John Cena was the creme de la creme of men she's been with. Hands down. And that every dude she dates after John Cena will be compared to John Cena. Hands down. The fact that she still considers him a soulmate tells tells me everything I needed to know. Everything she said You live in these gorgeous homes, you have these gorgeous things. How are you this unhappy? I know why you are unhappy. And you said it in literally the last quote of the article. And I'm gonna say it again, quote, sometimes people, when they get into marriage, they don't realize that marriage is beyond just loving someone. You are joining a life together. It's a partnership. It's so many things that are those things. Unfortunately, you have to look at, and I—I'm just reading it as it was written—and I look at my marriage. Look at my marriage. She's being different than what John and I were gonna have. What she and John were going to have was a relationship that would never lead to marriage. Okay. John Zena now has a new girlfriend. Last I checked, pretty little thing. I believe she's a doctor or some shit. She cute. Little little, little brunette thing. I ain't going to be mad at you, bro. You know how to... You you certainly have good taste. Can't hate on that. He's moved on with his life. Keeping it pushing. Doing John Cena shit. Movies. Speaking Mandarin. Got new hair. Got the fifth move of Doom. Whatever the fuck you got. That little backhand. uh, Fish John. Whatever you rocking with. He's moved on in his life yet Nikki Bella is still hung up on John Cena she knows in her heart of hearts he is the best she'll ever get and now and the fact that she couldn't lock him down in a marriage is gonna eat at her for the rest of her days she could be she can get married to this Artem cat whatever and it could be a blossoming marriage and it could be fantastic. But it will never, that dude will never compare to John Cena. It's John fucking Cena. And that is going to eat at her forever. The fact that she cannot lock down John Cena, who, in my honest opinion, isn't the type to get married anyway. I, I don't know if he's ever stated it out loud. But John Cena looks like the type of guy that doesn't want to get locked down. And doesn't want to get caught up in a marriage. Because he has that. I, up, look. Excuse me. Forgive me. I just had some uh, pot roast and rice with a little bit of uh, sparkling water to boot. So if I burp during this whole podcast, forgive me, my guys and ladies. John Cena Network. Okay. Uh huh. Other than the WWE, Cena has also starred in various films including Trainwreck, Sisters, Daddy's Home, and 12 Rounds. John Cena's net worth in 2019 is estimated to be at, and I'll let you take a guess at his num- this number. Got your number? 55 million dollars, making him One of the richest wrestlers in the world. Okay? Yeah. So, if you honestly think about it... Yeah, I don't think John Cena is willing to give up... 27.5. just to marry you Nikki Bella I'm sorry to say it honey I don't know if she knew this from jump I don't know if you know maybe she pushed for it and he was like nah fam you good but as far as I know John Cena really wasn't trying to get married to Nikki Bella safe to say that now for those of you who uh, know Hot Tub Time Machine John Cena is Nikki Bella's Great White Buffalo Without a doubt, The Great White Buffalo. Getting into some more, getting into, away from nonsensical bullshit that doesn't matter anymore. Braun Strowman details Vince McMahon easing his frustrations in WWE. This is from ProWrestlingSheet.com. Written, of course, by uh, Ryan Cuckboy Satin. The monster among men, Braun Strowman, says he was feeling miserable in WWE earlier this year, but a few talks with Vince McMahon turned things around. Strowman spoke about his frustration in the latest episode of the Not Sam Wrestling podcast. The WWE star revealed he made a call to Vince not long after the Royal Rumble, explaining that he was feeling very unhappy with what was happening in his career. Um, if you if you know what was going on in uh, Braun Strowman's career at that very moment, yeah, I would be up a little pissed off too. Braun says his frustration was due to feeling like they, WWE, was dangling stuff over his head. Here's how Strowman says the conversation in in an in-person heart-to-heart win. "Quote, I got to a point where I got really, really frustrated with everything that was going on. I called Vince and I was like, Vince, what's going on? I'm miserable. And he talked me off a ledge. He was like, look, big man, I want you for the long haul. It doesn't matter what you're doing right now. I care about what you're doing 10 years from now. I've invested in you, (laughs) sure you have, you're one of my guys, don't worry, you're fine, and just hearing that, coming from that man, I don't know, legitimately, I walked into the production meeting one day, and I was like, I've had enough, I I was just mad about everything, He kicked everybody out of the production meeting, like two hours before Raw was about to start, the show wasn't even done, and talked to me for 45 minutes, heart to heart, man to man conversation, and opened my eyes to the picture of like, wow, why am I worrying about this? Vince doesn't get the credit that is due to him. And if he hears this, he's going to get pissed off that I'm saying his name and putting him over, end quote. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really like that. But um, this is actually quite interesting um, that Braun Strowman actually put it all out there like that. Um, because if you've looked at Braun Strowman's booking for, I'd say, the last two, three years, it hasn't really been the best. It hasn't really been the best Uh, booking for one Braun Strowman. Um, Going all the way back to 2017 where it was at a moment where we had a string from Great Balls of Fire in July to No Mercy in September of that year where there were three separate chances where most fans believed that Brock Lesnar should have dropped the championship. Great Balls of Fire against Samoa Joe, SummerSlam against Joe Strowman and Roman Reigns and at no mercy against Braun Strowman. All three times, I thought Brock Lesnar was going to drop the championship. Around that time, there was reports going on that Brock Lesnar was going back to the UFC, but he would have to go back into the USADA testing program um, in order to do it. And that he was willing to you know, go get back in the UFC. Wait for the testing. Wait for the suspension to go down. I believe it was for six months, and he was going to be fighting back in the UFC heavyweight division. And a lot of people were really not fond of Brock Lesnar. Some people are still not fond of Brock Lesnar. They, they are. They were not. They were. This is this is a, this is the one point in the year of twenty seventeen where people are pissed at Braun, uh, not Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, because he. This was like his, I think his first or second run with the champ. This is his first run, true run with the championship. And a lot of people were getting pissed because he hardly showed up. Barely had to make dates. um, Not barely had to make dates, but he was rarely there. And the Intercontinental Championship, by proxy, had to be the most important championship on Monday Night Raw. So, we, a lot of people were very upset at the fact that the UFC championship was not put front and center on Monday Night Raw because Brock Lesnar was holding the championship and he had a very sweet contract with Vince McMahon and he leveraged the fuck out of Vince McMahon on that one and you can can definitely look that up of how he fucking leveraged his ass trust me when I tell you, dude got paid so with that news of him going to possibly going back to the UFC, a lot of people were thinking and this was no mercy time. I believe I was still doing the Wrestling with Issues podcast around that time as well. I think I remember this because Kevin and I—I I remember Kevin and I having conversations about this. We have had this have a conversation about this a couple times. Um, we, I was high on Braun Strowman, I, but this—this this was at my peak, the highest hype I had for Strowman. I was thinking it was going to be his time. He was going to take the championship away from Strowman, uh, Brock Lesnar. He was going to hold the belt to at least the Royal Rumble, just a trial run with the championship. There was honestly no harm in Strowman winning the Universal Championship. Don't be sniffing my bowl of cereal like that. Get out of here with that. Come on. And that was your obligatory Marley moment of the show. So, it was around that time where I felt Braun Strowman would have been a perfect choice to give a run with the Universal Championship. It just made the most sense. It really did at the time. And unfortunately, Lesnar beat Strowman. Lesnar goes away for four months until the Royal Rumble. And then I believe that was um. Yeah, that was I believe Roman. Roman uh Lesnar at 34. If I'm not mistaken, but ever since then, I think he's had a match with Rands for the Universal Championship. That didn't pan out too well. He, that around that time last year, he won Money in the Bank, and I had the Miz winning Money in the Bank. I think this is around, probably around before I started doing this podcast. a couple of months before I started doing this podcast I believe Money in the Bank that year last year was June so the month before I started doing the Younger Lions Perspective podcast I had picked The Miz to win for the simple fact that The Miz Daniel Bryan was definitely the match we all wanted to see you know Daniel Bryan winning the the, uh, WWE Championship um then you had The Miz cashing in on Daniel Bryan, screwing him over, and then you could have that wonderful, beautiful storyline leading all the way up to WrestleMania, where pretty much you had the storyline of The Miz versus Daniel Bryan eight years of that whole deal, and you could have literally made that into the best storyline going into that WrestleMania 30, I believe 35. That was the hope, if I'm not mistaken and we only got one match out of that when that could have been your wwe championship match it would have been something different something fresh something fantastic and we didn't even get that braun Strowman cashes you know announces his cash into roman to his face which happened at hell in a cell and what i thought was a shit fucking bag of a match with roman retaining the championship so i can see where braun Strowman is coming from with this And why he's frustrated and why he is feeling the way he is. Vince McMahon can give him a heart to heart conversation and all this shit all he wants. But it's going to get to a point where Strowman will just go to Vince and say, I'm not fucking with you no more. Fuck it. I'm done with this company. I want my release. And if it gets to that point, then then Vince is fucked. Because that's a, that, would, that would possibly be another one that got away. Especially with the deal um, that NXT just got and a lot of people are going to get paid and all that shit. Braun Strowman has been terribly misused. I'd say since 2017. And it's shown. I don't even think... I, if I'm not mistaken... I don't know if he's... Let, let's Before we get into the last article, before we talk about NXT UK... <laughs> excuse me. I want to see... I don't wanna see his network. I'm not worried about his network. Ron, Ron Stroman Championships. Alright, Let, yeah, let's check out his uh. Yeah, let's um Yeah, championships and accomplishments. So, this is the champion. This, this is his accomplishments, okay? Pro Wrestling Illustrated, ranked number six of the top 500 singles wrestlers of the PWI 500 in 2018. Won the most improved award in 2017 by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. In terms of his WWE career, he has won. He is actually, I believe, nominated for the Male Superstar of the Year in 2018. He won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania this year. He is a one-time Money in the Bank winner. He won the Greatest Royal Rumble back last year, and the only championship he has ever won in his career since he came up to the main roster, he is a two-time Raw Tag Team Champion. The one time with Nicholas, and that shitbag match itself, and currently with Seth Rollins. And you can, and I can see why this man is frustrated beyond belief. I mean, come on, let's be real here. Braun Strowman should have been at least a world champion once, once. And that best time was 2017 defeating Brock Lesnar at no mercy. But they didn't even do that, and they let Lesnar hold the championship until at least WrestleMania, I think it was even past WrestleMania that year. Yeah. because Lesnar didn't lose that championship until SummerSlam of last year. When he lost it to Roman Reigns. So I can understand why Braun Strowman is fucking frustrated. And to round out our new segment, our opening segment of the podcast, with all that's been going on in the days leading up to All Out, this is also a big concern because this is one of the huge, this concerns one of the bigger matches on the All Out card this Saturday night. Of course, the greatest day of professional wrestling in 2019, that being August 31st. Ray Phoenix injures leg at indie events. This is from WrestlingInc.com, written by Joshua Gangnion. Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. teamed up against Juventud Guerrero and Teddy Hart at last night's Big Time Wrestling in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. During the match, Phoenix super-kicked picked up Guerrero, collapsed on the mat, and then grabbed his leg. He called for help from the back and was taken backstage. The match was quickly ended with Guerrero pinning Pentagon, who then went backstage to check on his brother. According to F4W Online, Phoenix didn't break his leg and was able to weekly walk around afterwards. Phoenix apparently was hopeful it was just a sprain. The report also noted Phoenix was still hopeful to be able to participate in the upcoming ladder match against the Young Bucks at AEW All Out in Chicago on August 31st. This is coming on the heels of Jon Moxley announcing he had to pull out the pay-per-view due to a serious case of MRSA in his elbow. Pac is now scheduled to face Kenny Omega at the show. I hope that Ray Phoenix is able to actually be able to compete this Saturday night. The fact that we are literally six days away from what is what is looked at as their biggest show ever, up to this point, until the debut of AEW on TNT on October 2nd. This is their biggest show to date as a promotion, as a company we already know that Moxley's not going to be there and I was speaking with my boy Malik yesterday and how that's now building and how Moxley Omega whenever that does happen will build will be probably the most hype-matched in the history of aew whenever that goes down and I guarantee that we'll be on a Wednesday episode of aew on TNT without question. You can bank on that all day, take your chips, put it on black, win money, go to the freaking collections and get your guapo. But I hope Ray Phoenix is, you know, resting. He's got six whole days until we get to all out. Hopefully he will be close to 100%. Um, We all know wrestling is the kind of, professional wrestling is the kind of business where anything can happen in a moment's notice. Hell, we've, we've seen a man die in the ring. I've seen, I've seen a man die in the ring. Unfortunate. And it was not by the fault of One Ring Mysterio, but a man has died in the ring. People have gotten seriously injured. It happens. You know, Tyson Kidd had to retire from pro wrestling because of a muscle buster that went wrong. And I know Cesaro laid it into Samoa Joe pretty fucking quick in the beginning of that matchup when he hit him with that European uppercut. He laid a little extra mustard on that, and that was one time for Tyson Kidd. But things do happen in this ring, in that square circle. One wrong move. It could just be a flashy move. And out of nowhere, you could hurt yourself. It happens. You know? All we do as fans is hope that, you know, they get better. They get well. They take care of themselves get themselves prepared. Hopefully it's never too serious. And for the wrestlers that are in the ring, they also hope for the same thing. And we want nothing more than to see them be able to compete at their their best, compete at 100% or close to 100% as possible. They do look, independent wrestlers do a lot of dates. A lot of weekends are spent on the road. You know, but they do they they do it because they love they doing what they do. And with this being Phoenix being part of, I hope that he is close to 100% as possible, so that he can do what he loves and entertain fans around the world. When he goes, when he and his brother Pentagon Jr. go up against the Young Bucks as they defend their Triple A World Tag Team Championships in a ladder match this Saturday night. We'll see what happens and i'll keep up to keep up with it as much as i can leading up to aew all out but enough of talking about news we gotta talk about some UK. this is episode 99 and a half of the young lion's perspective and with that being said let us begin on guys, Zach from the Wrestling Malicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 99 and a half of the Young Lions Perspective, so glad to have you guys here with we'll me on this lovely Sunday evening, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world, thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it, I hope you guys enjoyed that opening segment. Talking about a a little bit of news before we get into the NXT UK review. And let me tell y'all. NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff is shaping up to be a solid card for the newest brand under the WWE umbrella. And this past episode of NXT UK definitely served its purpose before this coming Wednesday's Go home show before NXT UK takeover, Cardiff. And I was thoroughly impressed by what they had done um, this past Wednesday for NXT UK. We had, of course, Imperium, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Eichner going up against the hunt. Kaylee Ray was in action, and Mark Andrews Going up against James Drake, one half of the NXT UK Tag Team Champions in an effort to make this match a triple threat tag team match for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. If he beat Drake on this episode, he and Flash Morgan Webster will have earned the right to be involved in this matchup. And let's get into the action Kicking off the night was, of course, the, MP- uh, the team of Bartel and Eichner. Imperium taking on the hunt, Primate and wild boar. I love me some Imperium. Y'all know I love Me Some Imperium. I love Volter. I love Alexander Wolf when he became the fourth member. How uh, he became the fourth member of Imperium. And Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner make a really solid tag team that are going to be competing in NXT UK and they are one of those teams that is going to be competing for tag team championship gold in the near future. I definitely say before the end of 2019 they will be competing for the NXT UK tag team championship given the given that Walter does retain. I think I think we're at a point now where stable supremacy where Imperium is trying to showcase their dominance on the NXT UK brand as the most dominant stable of that brand going today. And just building up their resume as they rise up the ladder towards a possible NXT UK Tag Team Championship in the the near distant future. So let's get into it. So, Primate started out against Fabian Eichner. Of course, the crowd easily on Primate's side. Two circle tie up. Both men are equal in strength. They both break up the hold and start bargaining at each other to tie up again. Eichner going after the arm. Primate powering out. They collide, neither man budges. Primate roars at Eichner. Eichner runs off the ropes and they collide again. Still, neither man budges. Both Eichner and Primate egg each other on. They both run off the ropes but instead of colliding with shoulders, Eichner goes for the low knee. Fans start booming and Eichner as he keeps on Primate with a mountain arm lock. He slaps Primate around, Primate just gets angry, he powers up, fans rally behind Primate as he bites at Eichner's ear, going for a little Mike Tyson action. Immediately tags in Wild Boar, Eichner gets free of the biting. Bartell tags in, Eichner reverses the whip for to arm drag Wild Boar down then wrenches Boar around, but Boar endures everything, even as Bartell steps on the man's face. Boar fights up. Bartel continues to wrench the wrist. Boar slips through. Arm drags Bartell, but Bart- Bartell actually kept wrist control throughout the entire sequence. He then wrenches on that arm again, clubbing bore down, keeping him down with a chin bar. Boar fighting his way up once more. Fighting back with hands. Has Bartel in the corner. The referee telling Boar to back off. But, and Bartell immediately throw chops for down to the mat with Boer staggering away. Bartell's on him with stomps and fists. The referee has to start his five count. Bartell letting up at four only to come back with headbutts of his own. Bartell stops at four again and the fans start trolling Eichner and Bartell by taunting them with the chant Walter's Bitches. <laughs> After that whole taunt from the crowd Bartell dragging Boer up, bumping Boer into the corner, tags in Eichner. Eichner and both men stomping away at while Boer, Eichner letting up at four and argues with the ref in the process. He then drags Boer up with a, for a scoop and a slam, but gives him a standing backbreaker. Instead, goes to the cover and gets a two count. Eichner growing frustrated as he kicks at Boer. Fans rallying behind the hunt. Primate waiting to get back in. Finally, gets uh, Eichner tags in Bartell. Imperium wins Boer into a spinebuster. buster. Followed by a PK showing off the tag team acumen. Eichner boots Primate for good measure while in the corner. Goes for the cover and then gets two count. Primate is furious at this point. Bartell puts Boar in a chin lock. Fans start getting behind Boar as he endures the chin lock in his, towards the chin in his forehead. Bartell pulls back, but Boar refusing to give in. Boar fights his way up. Arm drags free of Bartell. Primate ducking the sucker punch. I believe that was from Eichner. And both men get hot tags. From each other's respective tag team members primate running eichner over then he whips eichner only for eichner to kick back eichner runs though into an overhead suplex and gets a two count for his troubles bartell comes in bartell says him flying with a flying backdrop then hits eichner with a corner clothesline tags the wild boar they have eichner in the corner shoves but eichner shoves both of them into each other primate runs bartell dumps him out Eichner rolls Bohr for the cover, goes to get, and gets a two count out of the deal. Bohr that trips Eichner, drops the Sentai on his back while he's on all fours. Bartel slipping in his fires, firing, firing up. Bohr tosses Bartell right out of the ring. Eichner in the corner, sat down, goes corner to corner, hits the cannonball. Fans chanting one more time, wanting Bohr to hit one more. And of course, Bohr, being the wild man that he is, obliges to the crowd, goes for the cannonball a second time, but Bartell saves Eichner. As Boar hits the post with his shoulder, Bartel has Boar upside down. Iberia meets the corner with basement drop kicks at the same time. He then tags in, gives Primate an apron spine buster, which looked very, very nice. Bartel wrecks Primate with his rock for extra measure. They then go after Boar, hit the European number cup powerbomb, and that was enough for Imperium to get the victory here on NXT. UK. Good little match between the two. I like this matchup. I like that they're keeping Imperium strong. I like the fact that they're really solidifying Imperium as a tag team. The Hunt will have their time. Soon enough. They will definitely have their time. Um, it's only a matter of time before they get some time. But right now, the Hunt is really that's just that team is just taking losses one after the other this is nothing against the hunt just right now they've really got nothing going on with them and imperium right now really has the hot hand going forward as we head into nxt uk takeover so after the matchup assistants the gm sid scholar Titzkala, has a huge announcement he says he is pleased to announce another match that has been made for nxt uk takeover cardiff after the verbal confrontation last week noam dar and Travis Banks will be having a match against each other. So finally, Travis Banks will have his first ever takeover match. Um, we we do know that at Takeover Blackpool, he was supposed to go one-on-one with the Irish ace, Jordan Devlin. But that wasn't meant to be as Devlin attacked Banks prior to the match and banks was unable to compete which brought out finn balor and finn balor actually beat jordan devlin one-on-one in a matchup of student versus teacher we then have uh rodzy my boy rodzy the man with the lovely afro i don't know how he maintains that fro man it looks clean makes it look good and uh can rock a bow tie like no other in the game right now so he's backstage waiting for waiting to talk with Walter, just ahead of their face-to-face with the Tyler Bate in this episode. Eichner and Bartell returning from the ring, dismissing Rodzi in their native tongue with Eichner pretty much cursing them out in an Italian, and Bartell talking to him in German, saying they don't have time for him. But Eichner goes into the uh, locker room first, and first, and you hear some rumbling in the locker room. Bartell goes in to check it out, and you see both men being attacked by someone. We don't know who, but someone beat the living hell out of Eichner and Bartel. The cameras go out for a moment, um, going back. But you see, then you see Bartel um, laid out after the attack, and you just see someone's feet walking away. Pretty much impressed with the fact that he just laid out two men at once. We then get into women's division action. Number one contender to the nxt uk women's championship kaylee ray in action going up against shacks um y'all know i am one for seeing new talent and seeing how they fare in the developmental brands Shax um look wise reminds me of like a uh, somewhat of like a burlesque dancer in a sense the with the whole outfit that she came out with she had this like little teeny tiny top hat with some lace hanging over her eyes. She had, like, this cane. Um, the look was decent. Nothing uh, nothing special about her. Um, crowd really was just like, oh, this is just some talent, you know, that they're bringing up from NXT UK. Uh, this new girl from the PC, I guess. Um, this match, this is one of those matches where this John didn't last long. Kaylee Ray, once the bell rang, staring down with Shax, They tie up Kaylee, Powers, Kaylee Ray Power Shax into the corner the referee counts to 5 Kaylee Ray lets up to let her out they tie up again Fans starting another rally behind Shaxx, actually Kaylee Ray still has control but Shaxx turns it around and actually pushes her into the corner with Kaylee Ray yelling at her you better get off me referee asking for the clean break Kaylee Ray starts throwing big forearms in the corner wrapping Shacks's arm around the rope to pull on it Letting up at four, as we as fans start chanting, "We want Tony to try to get inside her head." She so then drags Shax around by the arm, jams it, spins through, brings Shax down for a cover, gets a two count immediately. She so then stops Shax around. Fans start rallying behind Shax. She so then hits a suplex, goes for the suplex, but Shax actually blocks it. Ray then clubbing Shax down. Fans booing as she does. She so then drags Shax back up, hits, the, but Shax actually hits a cradle counter and somehow gets a two-count over it. Kaylee Ray clobbers Shax for the cover. She goes ahead and gets some cover of her own, gets a two-count, and then starts growing going very frustrated, knowing that this match should have been over long ago. She then bumps Shax in the turnbuckles, chops her down, woo-chance from the crowd, echoing out as Kaylee hits a, goes to the Irish whip, redirects Shax. Shax dodges it, hits a forearm, and starts throwing furious body shots in the corner, firing off. She then runs, dodges Jumps from corner, to, one side of the corner to the other, going for the attack, but it's a super kick in the process. Picks her up for the chicken wings, hits the gory bomb. Kaylee Ray defeating Chats in very quick fashion. More, nothing more than just a regular two nut match for Kaylee Ray, but there was more. But this wasn't more so about the match. This is more so about what happened after the match. Kaylee Ray asking for a microphone. As fans start singing for Tony, screaming, uh, Tony, Tony Storm, Tony, Tony Storm. She then says, in 10 days time, we go at Cardiff and I'm challenging for the NXT UK Women's Championship against the lady that likes to claim that it's always Tony time. They start cheering for Tony and she claims that is the problem. Tony wants you to think of her as a big star. But I know how truly weak and fragile she can be. At TakeOver Cardiff, I take the one thing that means most to Tony. And that's the title. Out comes Tony Storm. The rock and roll star of NXT UK is arrived. Tony comes in the ring. No mic in hand, no need for a rebuttal. And may I say she looking mighty nice in them jeans. Again, I am just a man. I am merely just a man, and I can appreciate a lovely, attractive woman. Anyway, Kaylee Ray knows, says, Tony, I know why you love to spend so much time away from home. As for me, I go to home with my fiance, friends, family, and my beloved hometown. But when you come home, you go home, you have nothing and no one but the shiny, shiny, referring to the NXT UK Women's Championship. Have you ever stopped to think why you've been abandoned time and time again? I was your best friend for years. I heard all the sob stories, that it was everyone else's fault. But did you ever think that it wasn't them? It was you? You are the reason you have no friends. You are the reason your family doesn't call anymore. You are the reason your boyfriends go looking for other girls. You are the reason You were just a little girl when your father realized how worthless his daughter was. And she had, and Tony Storm had enough slapping Kaylee Ray across the face. Kaylee Ray retreats knowing that the damage to Tony's emotions had been done. Let's take it back about a month and a half when Kaylee Ray became the number one contender for the NXT UK Women's Championship. I'm going to take a sip of water real quick. Raspberry, Duet, Spring, uh, Sparkling, water, man, Nothing like it. Anyway, let's take it back a month and a half when Kaylee Rae became the number one contender for the NXT UK Women's Championship. If you remember the promo exactly, she had stated from here, from now, until Cardiff, I'm going to make your life a living hell. Meaning, I'm going to get inside your brain so much that you won't be able to think straight. With this promo, <clears throat> she basically has now gotten inside the head of Tony Storm. She did exactly what she needed to do. She has been playing the psychological mind games to a T. And... For that, I commend Kaylee Ray for that. I commend NXT UK for playing it this way, for being able to have, you know, Kaylee Ray act to be like this character. Being able to get in ahead of Tony Storm just 10 days up to this point, now six days away from takeover Cardiff. I can only imagine what the go home show is going to be like if. Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray pass each other's uh, courses this pass one more time before this Saturday night it would be very inter- it's gonna be very interesting to see how Tony Storm is able to deal with that promo it was a very good promo I love the promo I thought it was a great way for Kaylee Ray to get inside Tony Storm's head to build some real estate inside her head. To play those mind games. It made a lot of sense. So we had a little video package from Bomber Dave Mastiff and Joe Coffey ahead of their last man standing match at TakeOver Cardiff. They didn't settle things, they go back to the um their first matchup that ended in a count out. Of course, not settling their matchup a few weeks ago. And they wanted to keep going. Mastiff was all for Coffee was a bit hesitant after the matchup. Uh, and there's no choice for these two men to fight until one can't fight anymore. So you see, Coffee and Mastiff pumping, uh, pumping iron, throwing their weight around to be at their best. Um, Coffee, Coffee, of course, says as he's put many a man out for ten, though the count never counted. Both, both men had warned the other not to think it'll be that easy. They both count ten. Blah blah blah. I didn't even need this video package. To be truthfully honest with you, this was a non-factor. Didn't really need to be done. I really didn't need to see it. Because I know what's gonna happen at TakeOver UK. At UK Takeover. They are gonna go to war. Absolute war. They're gonna beat the living hell at each other until either one of these men can't stand for the referee's count of 10. I did not need a video package to even have this. That's perfectly fine with me. It bees what it bees. And when this match goes down, trust me when I tell you these guys are going to beat the living hell out of each other. Trust me, no video package is needed for these two guys. We get some uh, new talent being uh, pushed here in NXT UK. Oliver Carter uh, is the newest member of the NXT UK roster. And I'm gonna actually, in real time, look up this guy real fast. Comes right up, NXDK. Um, let's see if the see if they got anything on him. See if they got anything. Okay, let's see if uh, ProfightDB.com has anything for this guy. So, um, Oliver Carter, um, also known as Calvin Carter, Mister Exotic Erotic, and now known as Oliver Carter. Uh, he's of uh, German descent and also African descent. Um, so he's done a few matches on uh tv tapings uh probably some dark matches uh he's competed in progress he's competed in Rev pro so he's actually had some matches um his first his debut match was actually in 2016 uh his debut match against James castle which he won um, his last six matches, though, he has lost, I believe. Um, yeah, it was a lot of dark matches uh, from what I've seen. And I think he, and he uh, as recently as July 20th, um, he had a match with Joseph Connors in a losing effort. It was actually on NXT UK TV. Um, his three matches before that, he was on uh, dark matches, uh, the most recent of that being a dark match six-man tag. With um Rick Bougain, I'll be Rick Bugenhagen, and uh Ringo Ryan, uh losing to Liguero, Cassius Ono, both in bad match, uh, matches. Um, the Progress World Cup he was involved in, and he lost to Bad Bones. Uh, and he was also um a contender for the interim British Cruiserweight Championship back in 2017 against Josh Bowden, who at the time was the British Interim British Cruiserweight Champion. So he's he's done a, he's done a little thing in in the UK scene. So it looks like you know, it looks, it looks like he's done some things. And the video package was decent, you know. Um, he says it's finally time for everyone to see the African culture shine bright in the UK. I'm um, really and he this coming Wednesday will be having his first actual debut match on NXT UK minus um, the loss against Joseph Connors. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how Oliver Carter uh, shows up in NXT UK. And y'all know I will be looking forward to this. uh, Analyzing the new talent in NXT UK and see how it goes going forward. We then have Rodzi backstage with the Irish ace, Jordan Devlin. And Rodzi starts speaking about NXT UK TakeOver. And Devlin stops him, immediately tells him. I know Cardiff is coming. A stacked card. Not. Why am I not on this card? What do I have to do to get some respect? I get blindsided by Finn Balor at Blackpool. I push Walters to the limits. But before he can continue to speak, Kenny Williams says, Devlin, you need to stop whining. That might be why you're not on TakeOver. I'm not on TakeOver either. And of course, Devlin says, shocker. So maybe you and I should go one-on-one against each other. Then I'll show you how I'm lucky enough to bet against the Ace. Devon would be willing to talk more, but he tells Rodzi, I can't stand you. Uh, immediately, though, something else is going on nearby. Walter and Wolf are furious over what happened to Bartell and Eichner earlier on in the night. They want to know what's going on. He says, What's going on? Where is the order? Who did that to Eichner and Bartell? Tell Tyler B that if he's man enough to still go into the ring, Rodzi, go. Never show yourself over to us again. So it looks like Volter and Alexander Wolf are really pissed at what happened with Bartel and Eichner earlier on in the night. This technically would be the main event of NXT UK. Mark Andrews going up against James Drake, one half of the Welsh Air Force. And it's all on mark andrews shoulders and it's also on james drake's shoulders as well a victory for james drake would stop any plans of morgan flash morgan webster and mark andrews getting making this match a triple threat tag team match if drake beats andrews andrews and webster are out and it will just be gallus versus james drake for the nxt uk tag team championships at nxt uk takeover If Andrews beats Drake, then they will have earned the right to be involved in the NXT UK Tag Team Championship match this Saturday night, or for us uh, on the East Coast, Saturday afternoon, and what better way to kick off your Saturday afternoon than with college football and NXT UK TakeOver. And y'all know I will have more than likely... uh, Takeover on. I'm not, I'm not sure how I want to do it. I don't know if I want to take over on the laptop or if I want to take over on the television screen. For those of you who don't know, I'm a Penn State fan, and I more than likely will be watching Penn State uh, play, I believe we're playing Idaho first week of the season. So that's going to be very interesting. Um, I'm going to try to figure out, I don't know if I'm going to watch UK, uh, NXT UK TakeOver on the laptop or if I'm going to watch it on the television screen. We'll see how it goes, um, given all the nonsense and BS. Anyway, so, the bell rings immediately, and the fans start taunting Gibson, despite Drake being the competitor into the match, trying to troll Gibson in the process. They stare down as they approach the tie-up. Drake old-powers Andrews into the corner, lets up at the four count. Drake telling Andrews, you're not going to take over. Andrews not giving a damn over what Drake says. They tie-up again. Drake wants the arm. Fans start taking a new song to taunt him with. I believe it was if you... Um, throughout the entire match they had if you hate Gibson, choose off if you hate Gibson, stand up and if you hate Gibson, stand down <laughs> they hate them some Zach Gibson I love Liverpool's number one Zach Gibson soon of course, the uh, the wonderful promo man that he is but that's either here nor there so, it tie up again, Drake wants the arm fans start singing a new song to taunt him with Drake starts wrenching at Andrew's arm Andrews hooks a leg to turn things around he then wrenches again and singing the Clint's classic song, He's Got His Own Face On His Ass. Drake lifts Andrews, rings him out. Drake then grinds his knee into Andrews. Andrews fights his way back up. Andrews rolls springs, and rings Drake out in the process. Drake runs in but runs into an arm drag. Goes for another one. Drake blocks that one, but not the third one as Andrews comes around the side. Andrews blocks the hip toss from Drake to arm drag him into a ghost pin. One, two. and that's how close he was close to getting that three count very early on in this matchup. Fans begin saying, if you hit Gibson, stand up. Gibson giving Drake some pointers, and Drake. before that, Andrews giving him that look of like, I was this close to beating you. They return to tie up with Andrews. Drake punches Andrews in the back, goes for the headlock, Starts thrashing, Andrews about, Andrew fights out. Goes the other way to Hurricane Rana. Drake down, sweeps the legs for the standing moonsault. Gets the cover and gets two count. Drake wincing in and pain, Andrews keeps on him. Drake then shoves Andrews into the turnbuckles. Andrews is dazed by the shot. Drake starts clubbing and stopping away at Mr. Andrews, the my father. Coaching Andrews, Gibson coaching great as he lariates Andrews down to the mat. Bands keep singing and taunting. Goes to the cover, gets two count. Andrews starts floundering away. Drake stalking Andrews. Andrews hitting back, but Drake hits harder. He then puts Andrews in the corner and stores for big haymakers. Drop kicking Andrews down to the mat, goes for the cover, gets a two count with that. Of course, uh, Gibson getting too close to the apron The referee, making sure Gibson stays back. Gibson yelling at the referee, "I know the rules, I know the rules." <laughs> I love Zach Gibson, man. Drake picks up Andrews, snaps who sucks is down to the mat, goes for the cover, gets a two count off that, and start getting annoyed. Fans chanting ass face at drake andrews hitting back with some forearms but drake gives back andrew uh gives andrews forearms of his own goes for the irish whip andrews then hope hold, but holds onto the ropes he then elbows drake away goes to the corner he then hits the end of drake then hops up drake then trips andrews up he then tumbles on his buckles. and drake scoops him for a mean disgusting backbreaker fans start railing behind andrews drake looming over him he picks he picks maverick up gives him another backbreaker Gibson telling him go for another one do it again do it again covering it's two count Drake clamping onto Andrew's shoulder and then puts him in a sea cobra clutch telling Andrews you don't stand a chance and fans are still calling Drake ass face you know you're a proper heel when fans are chanting the possible worst things you can at you during a match that's when you know you're doing a job as a heel and these boys do their job very fucking well, as they are the current NXT UK tag team and progress tag team champions just in case y'all didn't know Gibson tuning them out as Andrews drops out arm drags Drake into the turnbuckles, he then hobbles over, dodges Andrews counter attack, gets the Cobra clutch back on, Andrews goes for the wheel stomp 182 in the process he and Drake slowly rise, standing up on, on the mat, Drake gets up first Andrews hits a mule kick the front kick hits some forearms. Slides down, hits the paylay. Drake flopping out of the ring. Andrews the speed. Suicide dive, directing Drake direct hit on the Drake onto the ramp. He throws Drake back and runs toward the corner. Drake dodges the, dodges the move. Going, Andrews went for the moonsault and catches Andrews, but Andrews turned it into a tornado. DDT. One, two. Drake kicks out. Andrews is speechless. He thought he had him beat. Andrews catching his breath. Drake calling away from Andrews. Tosses gets tossed out in the process. Andrews hits back from the apron. He then climbs, leaps. Drake gets underneath Andrews. Andrews rolls, wheelbarrows right into a bulldog. Drake is in the drop zone. Andrews hurries up top. Gibson though comes around, trying to distract Mark Andrews, the modfather, backing Gibson off. But Andrews doesn't see running in with the grip your teeth drop kick. Goes for the cover. One, two. But Andrews. Kicking out at 2.9. The Dream still alive. Drake now raining down. Angry lefts. Goes for the cover. again, Gets a two count. At this point, Gibson's telling him, finish him. Nigel McGinnis is pretty much detailing that they need to get this match over with. They're getting nervous. Drake starts raining down. Like I said, angry lefts. Goes for the cover. Gets a two count. He keeps going. Grounding and pounding from all sides. Goes for another cover. Gets two count again, and Drake is getting even more frustrated, growing angry with Andrews. Says Andrews is not going to take over. Andrews starts firing off haymakers, Hits a chop. Drake shoves him away. Hits an enziguri. Andrews wobbly. Drake goes for the scoop. Looks like he was going for the slam, only to eat a poison rana from Andrews. One, two, two and a half. Gibson is relieved. Things are not looking good, though for james drake but out of nowhere gallus attacking flash morgan webster and gibson of all people is not happy with gallus helping out gibson and drake both start jawing at each other wolfie looks like he's about to go after gibson drake goes for the suplex but eats the stun dog millionaire goes to the pin one two three Mark Andrews, thanks to the distraction by Gallus, defeats James Drake, and now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a triple threat tag team match for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships between the team, the tag team champions, Zach Gibson and James Drake, James Drake, otherwise known as the Grizzled Young Veterans, Wolfgang and Mark Coffey of Gallus, and now the Welsh Air Force, the team of Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. This was a really solid match for... I actually think this was better than Flash Morgan Webster's match against Mark Coffey. I really do. Hold on a second. I'm bringing some water. I really think this was better. This was the better match of the two between um, Webster and Andrews. Um, because there's a lot more on the line. Flashback Morgan Web- Webster did his job getting them halfway there. But it was on Andrews. And it was imperative for Andrews to defeat Drake. And get them inserted into this tag team championship match. It wasn't inevitable that they were going to make it. But damn, they make this a, a really, really good fucking match between... Andrews and Drake, and I know Zach Gibson and James Drake will probably be going after Gallus just a little bit more for the fact that they screwed over the fact that Gibson and Drake are now going to have to defend their championships against not one, but two tag teams. That there's no champion's advantage now at this point, if they were just facing Gallus one-on-one, it was champion's advantage. They would have to lose by pinfall of submission now. They can lose the championships without either being submitted or pinned. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be for some great action at TakeOver UK. But we ain't done yet. We are not done yet. We still have the face-to-face between Tyler Bate and Walter. But Tyler Bate wasn't the first man to come out. Out of nowhere, Trent Seven comes from the crowd. For the first time since the attack from Walter, Trent Seven returns. And it looks like Trent Seven was the one who took out Eichner and a away to maybe even the odds for himself and Bill and the remaining two members of Imperium, that being Walter and Alexander Wolf. Alexander Wolf immediately follows. Here comes Bait with a chair, though, smacking Wolf down on top of the ramp. And Wolf, Walter was already out in the ring. He was about to go after Trent Seven. But all of a sudden now it's a two on one situation. He goes after Seven, gets rocked by him, and then gets smacked by Bait with a steel chair. Almost goes for another shot. Ducks in time. Bait's chair shot hits the post having to shake his hand off dude the, i guess the uh i forget what the word is the uh vibrations i guess seven though clobbers walter baiters bait then smacks walter with the chair after all they throw walter in the ring and the fans are going absolutely bananas seven keeps wolf out of things going up to the top of the ramp and attacking wolf in the process bait going after walter swinging but manager manages to kick the chair away from the mat. Walter gets up, hits a mean chop on Bait. Irish rips him into the ropes. Hits, but hits that rebound Lariat. And somehow, some way. Now mind you, Walter is like 280 on a good day. He somehow picks up Walter and hits a Tyler Driver 97. Big strong boy in full effect. He looks at the WWE United Kingdom Championship. He picks it up. Fans start singing for Tyler Bay as he holds the belt over the United Kingdom champion. And that's how they closed this week's episode of NXT UK. Man, this is a good-ass episode. This is a really good-ass episode. A lot of things went down. A lot of things started to develop. Um... On this, and it was so good. Such a great that's probably one of the better episodes in the history of NXT UK so far, and especially leading up. And that's why I say NXT and NXT UK do their shows so well. Because oh, when it comes to takeovers and takeover specials and pay-per-views, the lead up, the build-ups of their shows are as proper as you can fucking get. They build up anticipation for this pay-per-view, but not only. Just the pay per view itself, but the shows that are leading up to the pay per view, everything that's leading up, not even even the go home show is gonna have some dope ass action. You're getting Devlin versus Williams. You're gonna get Oliver Carter's debut. Okay, um, the Tony Storm Kay, uh, Kaylee Ray thing was dope. We got a great match from Andrews versus Drake tonight, and it was really cool to see that. And so Mitchell um the person who does who i read off of for the uh uk results and report and the nxt results and report i'm gonna read the whole thing because this was really I, I i love his insight on things and i really agree with a lot of what he had to say here with this um ending thoughts of the episode so this is all from him quote what a great episode i have to agree nxt uk is almost to the next takeover and it's looking great we learn about Dar versus banks becoming official which would be a good match we're getting Williams versus Devlin for the go-home show next week. That sounds like a lot of fun, too. Here's why NXT UK should consider a mid-card belt. My guy, Mitchell. Mitchell understands my struggle. The NXT UK Commonwealth Championship. I'm just calling it that for sake of if I get it. If they do call it that, I get first dibs on credit. I just want a nice check. It, is, it really is a shame you can't have a talent as good as Devlin on the card or any number of others who could be competing for the mid-card title. We also got a great video for the last man standing match of Master vs. Coffee. It was very creative with the editing. That match could be a show stealer just on what we got from their singles match. And a new star is showing up already on the go-home. I'm interested in seeing what Oliver Carter has to offer in an already stacked no-title mid-card. It was a good move for KLR to have more than just a squash on on Shax. he'll need some struggle in the tune-up as a semblance of comeuppance, but then wow, that was a vicious promo. It had hints of why Devlin had issue with Travis Banks building into Blackpool, and then it turned a corner to go with my sentiment from Raw that female feuds seem to go to personal places that seem just a little too much, but Tony was able to sell being upset very well, and this ensures the match will be intense. We get a great match from Andrews versus Drake, and it actually works in the match's favor to have Gallus go after Flash Morgan Webster. We get our triple threat for the tag title, which would be amazing, and I'm really hoping WWE lets Cardiff just lose their minds over their team winning the titles, referring to uh, Morgan Webster and uh, Andrews. And the story of the night, Imperium and Mustache Mountain. Such good shit. Imperium wins to stay strong. Okay, they didn't say such good shit, such good stuff imperium wins to stay strong in the tag team division but it was great for them to be attacked by at least tyler Bate to put walter on edge i still say it was Trent seven but with the outfit that bait wore bait was the one who actually attacked them and not seven so i do apologize for that seven's return was a nice surprise and now bait has someone to watch his back when imperium will surely back walter bait standing tall now works for the story but this might mean bait loses in cardiff old school old school mentality old school booking for those who don't understand old school booking when it came to pay-per-views the person who stood tall last and this is for a lot of people who a lot of people didn't understand that and then what you saw into the pay-per-view whoever attacked the person their opponent last usually was going to be the one to lose at the pay-per-view that's not now with nxt and nxt uk We've seen bits and pieces like that, but the result was actually the opposite of what some or people who understand the wrestling business or understand pro wrestling booking would actually think. It's happened a few times, so a monkey wrench can still be thrown in this matchup. As great as the original champion becoming the new champion would be, I don't see it happening quite yet. Walter still hasn't had that long of a reign without that many defenses, so it would put his reign up on a bit higher if he beat Big thereby sweeping British Strong Style in the same year. A lot of storyline coming off the bank, Walter Story. He's beaten Dunn to win a championship. He's destroyed seven when he went up against him one-on-one. And then to complete the sweep on British Strong Style, I can't think of one person off the top of my head that has beaten all three men of British Strong Style as great as they are singles and tag team in the same calendar That would be a very big feat for one NXT, uh, WWE, I should say, United Kingdom Champion, Volter. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your NXT UK review. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen from our sponsors, maybe a little something, something from yours truly. And then we're going to close out the show in proper fashion and get you ready for episode one hundred of the Young Lions Perspective. I cannot believe we're already at 100 episodes. Time has flown by so fast, so, so fast. I can't believe we're already here. It shocks me that we're just over a year in, 13 months, and we're already at episode 100, but enough being savvy for a second. We'll take this short break, listen to our sponsors, and I'm gonna get you ready for episode 100 of the online perspective. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What's going on, y'all? Uh, for those of y'all who uh, haven't been rocking with me for since pretty much day one, um, y'all will know that I used to actually do this back in the day before there were sponsorships from Anchor or anything like that. I used to literally do these you know, little segments in between episodes just to get y'all ready for the next episode of the podcast, get you prepared, get your mind right for, you know, the next episode. I used to really do these, um, literally, I think for the first 40, maybe even 50 or 60 episodes of the podcast before I started getting sponsorships from Anchor itself, uh, and I'm grateful for the fact that I get, spon- I get, do get sponsorships. Um, it ain't much, but, <laughs> but it's a little something, something, but it's really cool to see how Anchor is expanded, But I really wanna take this time real quick to just uh, say thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for rocking with me. As we get prepared for this uh, upcoming Tuesday's episode 100 of The Young Lions Perspective where I'll be breaking down and making my preview and predictions for AEW All Out, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Royal Quest, and NXT UK Takeover Cardiff. Uh, we'll be talking about all that, breaking down every single match, making shit predictions as we always do. But um, it really does mean a lot. I'm just a you know a 31 year old dude sitting on uh, on the couch every single time I record this. Uh, there's times I've been in Denver, chilling at my boy's house, you know, on vacation. I've done shows in Myrtle Beach where I've seen a, uh, one of my homegirls' houses on vacation. I was, I've been able uh, and I've been blessed to be able to uh, come back from a break from uh, being, hiated, being on hiatus for like nine months, um, not doing the uh, Wrestling Relations podcast with Nick and Kevin. And shout out to Nick and Kevin. Um, without them, these two, I probably wouldn't have a podcast to even talk about. Um, I wouldn't have that itch to do a uh, young lion's perspective at all so that they get the biggest shout out ever um another shout out to uh my who i call my older brother jonathan from modern life dating um who i had a consultation with last uh last winter um pretty much got me out of my funk and just lit a fire under my ass so much that i put so much work in to get to the point where i'm at episode 100 to sunny Arvado, uh who literally hit me up in my DMs out of nowhere and wanted me to do an interview with him about his book, Instagods, which, by the way, y'all should be getting on Amazon, Kindle. It's a solid-ass fucking book, and it really teaches you how the psychological side of uh, Instagram really leads into dating and all that stuff, man. Um, you know, doing interviews with, um, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know her actual name. Uh, I forget. I can't even remember. fucking uh, Kennedy Brink. Um, who y'all know now is uh WWE, at WWE uh ref, lady ref Jess on uh, Instagram. We did I I did an interview with her with Nick and Kevin. I've done other interviews with um, talent, and it's really cool to see now um, just like three years later now doing having my own podcast and getting into episode one hundred, doing other side pieces of this show of doing outside the ropes um, and secret files. Uh, it really does mean a lot to me that y'all, you know, really took time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever it may be, wherever you are in the world, uh, to really check this episode out and check every episode out that I've checked out. Um, Like I said, whether you've been with me since day one or you've been riding me for at least about 10, 15 episodes, it means so much to me that you'd be willing to, you know, check out just a random podcast where, you know, I all I talk about is pro wrestling and sports and life shit and talk shit and will make you laugh and hopefully you enjoy my bullshit jokes and my commentary on certain things. And, you know, all it really started with was just a thought. Just a thought of, like, when uh, anger started becoming a thing, I really did check out – I all I literally did was saw an Instagram-sponsored ad from the Anchor app and Gary Vaynerchuk um, talking about the Anchor app, how you can just do podcasts from your phone. And I've literally been doing this from my phone um, for almost 100 episodes now. Literally, if you literally want to count it, count it, this episode would technically be episode 101. Because I've done a half episode before. Technically, actually, it actually would be episode 102. But I don't count those as full episodes. It was just clips where audio got fucked up, or it was a side thing I was doing um, that made it a half, But sitting here on a Sunday night doing episode 99 and a half, getting prepared for episode 100 this Tuesday, uh, it really, you know, and y'all standing behind me, whether only one person, you know, checked out a particular episode or 10 people checked out a particular episode, it didn't matter to me as long as my shit got out there and at least one person took the time out of their day to listen to it and checked it out and maybe had the same opinion I did or had a differing opinion. It didn't matter, you know. If uh, my, my thought always was going into this. If I had just one person check out my, my particular episode of the podcast, I'd be a happy motherfucker. I really would. And that, and I'm not you know, just saying this shit just to, you know, just say this shit. I really do mean it. Uh, I'm I'm truly fortunate. Working a full time job, going to the gym, having a, somewhat of a social life, I guess, um, and being able to still have the wherewithal to do this shit, and to do these episodes, to put these out there, take time out of my day to make sure that you guys got the proper, you know, quality episodes. I would not do an episode of the podcast half-assed. Y'all know that. I'll give you everything, every bit of me until I collapse. And to be at the point now where we're going to be at 100 episodes means a lot. To TV shows, that is the goal of a television show. However many seasons it takes to get to 100, 100 episodes meant you would be in syndication forever. You know, Shows like Friends, shows like um, Seinfeld, the Simpsons, Futurama. I believe they made it to 100 if I'm not mistaken. Shows like that are still on television today because they've made 100 episodes. That guarantee them syndication forever. Now, this is the podcast game is a bit different. It really truly is. But getting to 100 episodes wasn't even my goal. Just doing an episode was the goal. And then just expanding on it, and now doing it. Now that I've done an interview and I've done different things, it's absolutely bananas to me. It still makes me, you know, just get that itch, you know. When I started this over a year ago, like I said, I didn't think I would ever get to a hundred episodes. I would think I would just, you know, just talk shit, and no one would hear my stuff. And I had a boom for like six months where I just had a hundred plays and an episode. and all of a sudden, you know, one day I dropped the stage to the union address and it just dropped it like seven. And it freaked me out a bit, but I didn't let it stop me. And now I sit here recording this on a Sunday night. Um Preseason football is on right now. I'm about to literally just take a shower and watch YouTube videos before I go to bed. And <laughs> I'm literally sitting here realizing episode 100 is this Tuesday. And I said this in January of this year. We are going to get bigger and better. I literally hit two accomplishments in one year. I had three, actually. My first ever interview, my first, you know, our year anniversary doing this, and now we hit episode 100 in a span of literally a month and a half. That, to me, is crazy. And before I get this, becoming be this too long-winded i am um, like i said i want to say thank you for rocking with me for the first 99 and a half episodes uh episode 100 is this coming tuesday i'll elaborate more on that uh in the closing segment but i just want to say take i want to take time real quick just to say fucking thank you and if you got a drink hold it high real quick one time for your boy here's to 100 and here's to 100 fucking more we're going to get to the fucking closing segment now. Get you prepared for episode 100. Stay tuned. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 99. And a half of the Young Lions perspective. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in. Go on. World. thank you guys so much for checking out this episode podcast and as always i greatly appreciate it if you enjoyed this episode do not hesitate to tell a friend tell a friend about the young lion's perspective share this episode across all your social media your instagram your facebook your twitter and let the people know now that we are six days away from the greatest day of professional wrestling in 2019 that being this saturday night at the young lion's perspective is your alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, if you do not happen to have the anchor app and you still want to check out this episode of the podcast, including all four episodes of The Secret Files and all four episodes of Outside the Ropes, including my interview with the one and only InstaGods author, Sonny Arvada, which you can still find on Amazon Kindle right now. Go get the book right the fuck now. But you don't happen to have the Anchor app, no worries guys, relax, take a breath, you yeah, know I got y'all. You can still find this podcast across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, CastBox FM, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course that good old Spotify fam! Search for the Young Lens perspective across all these different platforms you should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP universe... Y'all know y'all can find me on Twitter at Suede Senator WWI. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital W, capital I. I do live tweeting for SmackDown Live because y'all know, as always, and I like to say it, Raw is trash. NXT, NXT UK, AEW, every live WWE pay-per-view, and if I have nothing else better to do at 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the morning, and I got the day off, and New Japan is on, y'all know I will be live-tweeting that as well. If you want to check out what's going on on my Instagram, including updates to episodes of when they be going down, any breaking news, especially the John Moxley stuff that I put out this past week, just a couple of days ago, the Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins announcement, uh, Finn Balor, Just got married. Congratulations to him. The Rock just got married. Congratulations to The Rock. Y'all can follow me on Instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective podcast. Episode one fucking hundred. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that back in July of 2018, we would be here on the precipice of episode one fucking hundred. Episode 100 comes your way this Tuesday. I was going to do it for tomorrow, but I got some family things I got to take care of. Can't really get out of it, nor do I want to, actually. It's been a while since I've seen some of my family, so it is what it is. It's all good with me. So Tuesday afternoon, y'all will be getting episode 100 of the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. I will be doing my preview and predictions for AEW All Out. New Japan Pro Wrestling's Royal Quest and NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff and what I've been dubbing for the past month and a half the greatest day of professional wrestling in 2019. So, guys, enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. Kick ass if you're going to be listening to this on Monday morning. Start the week off right, and I'll see you guys for episode 100 this coming Tuesday. Until next time, guys, say it!